hit the record microphone. It doesn't it doesn't work. I prefer the red button. Well, you can still call it a big red button, TJ. It's okay. But it's got a little white microphone icon on it, doesn't anyway, ferrite problems aside, how are you doing? I'm very well, sir. How are you in what do we call this now? This is week four of lockdown or something? Is it a, a oh, new something sort of, like that? A new year's thing. So this is the fourth year since we last spoke. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> It feels it feels a bit like that. This is a weird, weird week for us. Um, yeah, I'll get on to it in parish notices. I'll not, I'll not upset the. I'll not buck the trend here. We'll we'll continue with our actual structure instead of well, just in, launching into a diatribe. In the vein of last week's discipline, I shall once again crack the whip on you, TJ, and say, <laughs> "What are you a writing 27 with?" Second episode. <laughs> what are you writing with? And on, you've got a second and a half. Nope, too late. Okay, so no, Done. carry on. No. What are you writing with it on? <laughs> I'm still rocking that little uh, janky Blackwing 602, which has a little metal clip that fell out. And uh, apparently it doesn't really need it. You just squeeze the ferrule and it's fine. So you don't really need it. Um, and I'm writing in my yellow legal pads. And I'm also doing a lot of stuff on the iPad. I feel a little guilty because my notebooks have got a lot less use recently because I'm not out and about. Mm. And so... They're living in the drawer or the sort of the, I say drawer. I actually use an Indian brick mold to keep all my stuff in, in the dressing room. Who doesn't? (laughs) Which is, you know, exactly what it sounds like. It's, I think it's from India. My mom got it for me. It's a mold that they would use to make uh, like masonry bricks. And so it's the mold they would make before they leave them out to dry or fire them. Um, But it's a beautiful like wooden box thing. And that's where I keep my wallet, my notebooks and things like that, that I'm using. Mm-hmm. And my notebook has kind of lived in that for uh, the majority of these four weeks because I'm really only leaving the house to go grocery shopping. So it might make an outing there and we go for a walk and it might make an outing there, but normally doesn't. I normally take my phone and keys and that's it. So uh, I feel a bit guilty. I'm not using them as my full potential. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think everybody's making adjustments at these times, DJ. It's all, it's all yeah. a bit odd. Um, what am I doing? Well, I'm, I've got a new pencil today. I'm I'm with a Tennessee red. Uh, so yeah. that that will start the usual volley of inquiries. No, uh, we don't have them at Nero's Notes. Um, we would like to have them, and Musgrave would like us to have them. But there are some well-publicized issues with the first run of Tennessee reds. So they are restrained and restricted only to the Musgrave site. They are sourcing new, well, when I say new, old slats, to make another run of Tennessee Reds. Uh, and if they are given out to retailers, then I'm assured that I'm joint first in the queue. Um, and I've got mm. big elbows. You know, so I'm you know, <laughs> just trying to keep myself up the front there. Uh, I'm gonna, com- I have one on my desk that you got me, so I'm going to bu- bust out that box and sharpen one up to use today because I left the rest of them in work. Um, so I have some on my desk that are not sharpened, so I need to sharpen one up for me to use here. Yeah, You've lovely reminded Cracking pets, I'm a big fan of it. And uh, I'm in my usual uh, podcasting book, my my Elements Oxygen. Um, and once again, I shall probably do four doodles and take two notes. Uh, so this this notebook may, in fact, survive me. Um, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? What are you watching, TJ? <laughs> uh, we're watching a show that we talked about before. It's called Line of Duty. Mm-hmm. And we finished the three seasons that were on Netflix. And I told my parents about this show um maybe two weeks ago 
just before they went into lockdown, I told my folks about Line of Duty. I was like, yeah, you might like it. It's quite good, sort of police procedural kind of thing. Lots of it shot in Northern Ireland. They're like, oh, yeah, we might look into that. Not once in referring to it have they got the name right. It's line manager, duty of care, duty manager, line. It, it, it's some combination of the line of duty words with other extraneous words. They've never quite got the title right, mm-hmm. but they blazed through four seasons in two weeks. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, so you liked it then? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next season's on uh, iPlayer. We went and found it out. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> They're so hunting it down across platforms, yeah. subscribing <laughs> left, right, and center. And find, find it wherever it may be. And they've watched more than we have now. So my dad's giving me partial spoilers from the end of this season when he's talking to me. <laughs> so we're catching up on that. Line of Duty season four. It's really good. Ah, fantastic. Well, I've... Um, uh, just just this afternoon, actually, so I found myself with a bit of time. Um, I blazed through the last the last two episodes of Designated Survivor. Um, now, my Netflix says there are three seasons. Um, if there are more than that, then uh, okay. But I've seen three. <laughs> Don't tell uh, me. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, well, the the third season. Uh, I don't know. The end of the drama is. Uh, the testimonies shown in today's episode were real people, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they're all around race issues. And, um, you know, it, dare I say it, very woke, um, which is fine. That's great. I'm, I'm all for the message. I don't I particularly want it in my drama, I don't think necessarily. Um, so it's got a little bit preachy. Um, and then, you know, pleasing twist and Kiefer Sutherland being Kiefer Sutherland. It was all fine. <laughs> Um, and, uh, what else did I, oh, I've been watching Homeland. Um, I'm only what, mm-hmm. 37 years behind that particular, um, curve. Uh, so I've, I've seen season one and just, just seen one of season two. Uh, so that's, yeah, pretty much the same thing, but yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm enjoying <laughs> that. Uh, and I, Envisage, I suspect, I may be watching quite a lot more TV over the next few days, uh, which will become mm. apparent. What about listening, CJ? To what have you been listening? So something a little different. I'd been listening to the usual stuff, Lord Huron, that kind of thing. And I wanted something slightly different that I could listen to that was a bit more uh, background music sounds derogatory. I don't mean it that way. I mean uh, more instrumental uh, and less kind of involving something I could put on that would be nice background music. Um, so I was looking at what was there and came across this album. I think the song was called Portofino. I'll put it in the show links. Um, and it's a weird early electronic sound music uh, from 1950s, 1960s. Mm-hmm. And it's by a man called Raymond Scott, who is a you know, American composer who did loads and loads and loads of stuff. But he kind of started in the 40s, the early, late 39, early 40s, doing normal instrument sort of um, orchestral stuff. So there's a lot of jazz, there's a lot of um, like full orchestra stuff and things like that. And it's all brilliant, really well done. And then in the 50s, he started doing a lot of very early electronic music. Uh, and then in the late 50s and 60s, he basically became the jingle guy. And so all the American products and TV shows and radio ads he did all these electronic sounds for their their weird and wonderful adverts and, and marketing campaigns. And so the sound is amazing. It's all these really early synths and arpeggiators and weird, weird machinery that fills 
a warehouse to do something your iPad can do now. But it's all weird and wonderful. And it's it's like the Jetsons made music, if, you okay. know, to put it into perspective. Um, some of it's weird. Some of it's just bad. Uh, some of it is blatant advertising and, and comes across like that. But all of it's really interesting. And so I've been listening to sort of his greatest works. His essential stuff is an album, I think, of probably a couple of hours worth. And I've been doing a lot of um, revision of bits and pieces or something I'm working on. So I put that on the background. And it's really nice time filler because it's methodical, pleasant music that doesn't ask an awful lot of me. It's not asking me to you know, remember lyrics or sing along. It's just pleasant and rambling in the background. Mm, fabulous. Very good. I shall. Uh, I shall look that out. Actually, where did you? Where did you come across it? I don't. I think I find the first song. The, that song Portofino came on, and it's like a weird, bleepy bloppy electronic early fifties song. Like it's extremely nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. I wonder if he's done more because I could see the album cover looked like you know, Raymond Scott. Some guy does. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he designed my home phone? Because that's that's it ringing in the background. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> Would you like to go and answer it? Go heavens no! Um, it can only be it can only be in Italian. I think they are pretty much the only people that use that home number. But I'll explain why why they're ringing later. Um, I think they've given up now. Listen, they've got my answering message, which is somewhat gruff and to the point. Um, anyway, sorry. Carry on. So you, you found Portofino. The, the one song came up. Yeah, Portofino is the name of the song that came up. Portofino Part 1 or something like that. I'll put it in the show notes so you can hear it. Uh, That piqued my curiosity. And then I went and found this rabbit hole of music. And, I mean, the the man did an awful lot of work. An awful lot of stuff over many, many decades. And it's all brilliant. It's really, really good. So it it was a nice uh, reservoir of interest to find that I could dive into while I'm uh, working from home or being at home contiguously. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Uh, well, what have I been listening to? Uh, I've been doing the usual, um, the podcasts and, and all of that. Um, and just occasionally getting the odd sort of snippet of news. I'm sort of accidentally watching the news now. Um, in, <laughs> it's become a bit seamy and that's, that's a bit <laughs> yes, it's bad. There, there is an element of that, isn't there? Yeah, it's, it's sort of this yeah. gruesome death count game that everybody's playing. It's just like, mm, yeah. Not sure how much this is helping my mental health, um, but I mean a couple of positives. I mean Siri, uh, the the uh, the Apple woman in a what's it, uh, my HomePod. It, it's it's almost working more than it doesn't now. Uh, so no. in the morning I ask it to read me the news, and pff, four times out of five it reads me the news. Um, the other <laughs> the other one time out of five it plays some R and B or some jazz or something. But hey, look, you you can't have everything. Um, I think I, I like to think that she's she's getting used to me. That, that's what it is. Um, she's learning the bro. Uh, and what did I hear? What did I hear? To, oh, uh, you must have, have seen this. It's been all over the news, both you know, audio and visual. Captain Tom. Oh, what an did absolute you? legend! <laughs> what <laughs> I have been close to tears a couple of times today. Um, just a Marvelous. listening to him talk, and B. Yeah. Looking at the response, the British public never, ever cease to amaze me. Um, to, to anybody who is listening and doesn't know what we're talking about, Captain Tom is a World War II veteran. He is, as of today, 100 years old. 
And he declared a few days ago, literally f- as we record, I think four and a half days ago, he said that he was going to walk up his garden, which is not a terribly long way, to be honest, with his little, uh, well, they used to call them Zimmer frames, the stroller, if you like, uh, his walking aid. Uh, he was going to walk up it a hundred times, one for each year of his life, in the hope that he might be able to raise a thousand pounds for the NHS. On the news this morning, they started the piece at nine o'clock and he had raised four point five million pounds. <laughs> and by nine thirty, <laughs> it was five million. Uh, Just what it, amazing. What it is now, I shudder to think. Um, I'm sure TJ... Shall we get a live update? We can. Just just giving Captain Tom. Um, I, <laughs> I shudder to think what it might be. Let me see. Seven million break two hours ago. <laughs> just it can't unbelievable. Be that. It can't be that. Hold on. Let me find the actual fundraiser. Uh, so it's just... It's, Incredible. Oh no! I, I I would be surprised if by the time this podcast uh, goes out, I'd be very surprised if it's not ten million plus. I'm on his just giving page. He's raised seven million four hundred and twelve thousand two hundred and eleven pounds and eighty pence of his five hundred thousand. Just massive amounts of money. Yeah, I mean, this is at a time when you know lots of people are out of work. Um, lots of people are worried about you know their own economic futures. Um, but this this old fella has inspired the British people, and uh, that's unfair, people, um, many of whom are a resident in Britain, um, but I know there have been donations from all over the world as well. And it's just ah, one of those little silver linings, I suppose. Absolutely. And, and Thank certainly, you, Captain Tom. Yeah, certainly the best thing I've heard uh, all day, if not all week. <laughs> those uh, are the good news about- stories we want. Exactly. Yeah, more of those, please. Um, and then, of course, you had uh, Donald Trump deciding to stop funding the World Health Organization. There you go. Ying and Yang. Um, A game of two halves. Yeah, yeah quite. <laughs> uh, uh, reading. What do you mean, reading, TJ? I've been reading Analog Magazine again. Uh, I've been trying to get back to uh, reading at night. Uh, instead of watching TV late into the evening, because uh, it was affecting my sleep schedule. I wasn't doing so good. So Analog Magazine, uh, which is my firm paper favorite. Uh, sadly, the shop where I would get it, Eason's, is currently closed. And there's a new uh, edition sitting waiting for me. Um, so the, the it's published every two months. So there's six issues a year. Mm. And the March-April one, would basically be in the shops now and i don't think the shops are going to open again before it'll be out of the shops so i may have a gap where i can't get this issue and i tried to go on amazon to buy it but i can only buy the digital copy which is great and like you save the trees and all but i like the paper one i want the physical copy for my shelf um so i'm reading through all my back issues i've got a little a few of them that i haven't read all the stories in so i'm going back and reading over what i've got oh that's that's a shame that eason's is not um it doesn't sell food, presumably. That's why it's closed. Well, yeah. Well, they do sell snacky things, but also like the one that I would go to is in central Belfast, where I am not. Uh, so even if it was open, getting to it would be disingenuous to the purpose of the lockdown. So sure. 
sure I, did. I, I could go and shop at a, a shop that would be near it to legitimize me going in there. But even if it was open, I don't think it would be fair to traipse no. all the way over for a book. No, it's uh, not really in the spirit of it all. It, no. Here's another another new experience, another new podcasting experience. Um, unfortunately, it's a visual one, um, but uh, I, I'm not sure we, we've said, but we're recording a little bit earlier this week, so it's daylight mm-hmm. uh, for me, which is quite unusual. And I'm <laughs> the dog has just walked past uh, my patio door. And you know with a hose pipe, you have a, a sort yeah. of large, long, thin nozzle that goes on the front that... <laughs> Acts yes. as a sort of gun. The, the dog's eating one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, she's she's settled just a little distance now from the door, uh, so you will hear me going away from the microphone in a second to try and get it off her. Um, I'm <laughs> fairly certain that she shouldn't be eating that. A for her health, and B <laughs> for my ability to water the garden. Um, so, before I tell you what I'm reading, I'm just going to leave TJ hanging while I go and rescue my, my host pipe. Yeah, I'll, I'll fill time. You go sweat the dog out. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's more exercise than I've done in a week. Here we are. I'm back. <laughs> <sighs> With... A rescued nozzle. Actually, in fairness, it's an old nozzle, but I still don't think it's very good for her. So, no. That's the sound of it landing in the bin. Right. Well, reading. I have been reading. Uh, and everybody, get ready now, okay? Get ready to press pause. Because uh, what you need to do is stop listening to this podcast. Go to Gumroad and buy The Profit by a friend of the show, Harry C. Marks. Uh, don't buy it because he's a friend of the show. Buy it because it's a really, really good book. Um, it's staggeringly expensive. I think it might even be $3 to $2.99. Um, yeah, go get it. Fa- fantastic way to spend a day. Really, really good. Um, I, I read it, I think, in four, two sittings, probably. Uh, mm, sat, sat down, read it once, then had to go and do stuff, and then sort of carved out some uh, sneaky hours in the afternoon to finish it off it was great uh and i'm also reading uh seven lies which i think covered before and the i've put in the show notes the eating one um i think it's how to stop comfort eating or something like that yeah uh, but uh, yeah been been a bit busy the last few days and not done as much as i would yeah, really I like imagine. uh but the harry marks one is brilliant go and buy it it's called the profit uh drinking what are you drinking tj uh, I said Sprite, but I actually finished the Sprite yesterday. <gasps> so at the minute, it's um, apple and berry cordial, uh, oh. which is actually, well, I've just thrown it all around me. Uh, it was very nice. It's now all over the show notes. As I, try, I tried to make a <laughs> swilling water noise, and all I did was throw it over the show notes. Um, it's but it's, it's very tasty. Oh, uh, we so, are sophisticated, um, aren't we? You're, you're throwing yeah, your well, uh, cordials around the place. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm drinking water, which is, I think, marginally more expensive than gold. Uh, Perrier. Wait, are you wearing it though? Because if you're not wearing it, then I'm I've one up to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I can afford to wear it. Um, it's uh, uh, oh look at this! I, I really, why do they do this? It's 
on on my now new theme of the uh um the what do they call it the uh the percentages of of, of things that are in the breakdown the nutritional information i'm drinking a perrier tj and brace yourself young man a hundred mils of this wonderful liquid has two kilojoules of energy in it fantastic zero kilocalories and this will come as a big shock to you i know but zero kilocalories is zero percent of your daily allowance (sighs) how many of those can i have though in a day zero percent divided by a hundred percent is how many well, yeah, you're beyond me now. What I what I can tell you is that you would be able to belch the alphabet afterwards. It's quite gaseous <laughs> as a Perrier, which I will attempt. I sent you not pictures to of both. I sent you pictures of the the aforementioned uh, juice soaked show notes and the juice that soaked the show notes. <laughs> well, there we are. More information than I could possibly ever need. <laughs> All right, I so wish what- I was drinking more. I made a deliberate decision not to buy more beer. Oh. Because uh, I finished. I realized that I bought beer in anticipation of my dad's birthday last month. So mm. I thought we were going to have loads of people to the house. So I bought loads of Bud Light because it's an easy, nice, cheap beer. People will enjoy it. It's nice. And right, so you day. went out looking for beer, couldn't find any. So you got that. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, I bought that beer. Beer being air quotes. Um, and I bought three cases of 10. I think or maybe it was three cases of eight either way it's a good number of beers i finished those in about two weeks mm-hmm. which for me is a lot and quite quickly and then i bought some of the fosters last week oh yeah, yeah eight of those and i finished those in a week and that's when i was going hmm okay i'm drinking these recreationally because it's home time all the time mm-hmm. and i realized i was having them instead of a, a drink you know with, with dinner i was having them with dinner instead of water or juice or something i was going oh that's no good so i deliberately didn't buy more because i think i've had my quota like if you compare it to last year all those beers i maybe would have drank over the course of a year <laughs> i drank in the course of three weeks so i was like whoa that's not healthy during lockdown like I was only ever having one at a time, but it was just one at a time every night, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a big lockdown thing. Um, yeah, wine wine merchants are reporting a one thousand percent surge in sales. <laughs> oh, uh, that's that's in the UK. <sighs> that's that's something. Hmm, significant, isn't it? I mean, the um, the one year no beer crew who um, I. <laughs> I'm using. <laughs> yeah. They um uh they are giving away their sort of twenty-eight day sort of uh, I suppose it's one month no beer rather than one year no beer. Uh I would say course, it's not really a course, but a series of emails that send you to a series of videos, etc. Um uh, they're giving that away free um in response to uh, the sort of surge in alcohol abuse, because there, you know, along the alongside it, uh, there's a surge in domestic violence as well, or calls to mm, domestic yeah, violence. Yeah, very, very serious problems. Um, and I suppose you know it must be your worst possible nightmare if you're if you're living with an abusive partner to suddenly find that you can't leave the house, um, and a aforementioned partner is able to consume alcohol from 
dawn till dusk. It's, well, dawn till dawn, I suppose. Uh, it's a horrible thought. So, uh, well, there you go. Beer. I remember beer. I've actually got a fridge full of beer. I, I can have to invite people around to drink it, clearly, once the restrictions are over. <laughs> um, so, no, I was have, I've, I've got my, uh, my lemon and lime Perrier, which I'm going to go to the fridge and get another. Or I may really push the boat out and get an alcohol-free beer. Life oh, okay. in the fast life. What have you been buying, <laughs> TJ? What have you been buying this lovely lockdown? Oh, not an awful lot. Um, there isn't much opportunity to buy anything, to be honest, apart from food. We've been buying food. Um, I think our, our grocery bill has doubled, um, partially because we're trying to get freezer meals and I want to make sure i got stuff for my folks and things like that. But also it's just that in a sort of vacuum where we can't spend money on anything else. We're like, well, we might as well have nicer food then, I suppose. Um, it's one of those things, I think a lot of people are doing this, right? You you fill the time with uh, eating or hobbies or some combination therein. So baking has become extremely popular. Um, so I've been baking banana bread and a few other bits and pieces. And I made flatbread yesterday, which was really good. Uh, Meg made um, chocolate chip banana bread with... Uh, uh, oats instead of flour mm-hmm. so loads of that kind of stuff happening so we're doing a lot of cooking uh, and food grocery hauls um, just to make sure that we're eating well so we're going to have enchiladas tonight uh, so just eating lots of food that not not that we particularly fancy most of the time but we've elevated it somewhat in light of it being a recreation activity now so we're in the garden and then we'll come in and we'll have a good big meal and we'll enjoy both the cooking part of that and the, the consuming part of that and so instead of being bored or wanting to go out, we have something productive and practical to do. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, again, it's a big lockdown thing now. We have we have numbered meals. So uh, there's breakfast one, uh, which is usually quite healthy and light <laughs> in my house. Uh, breakfast two uh, generally involves some burnt bread of some shape or form. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. all, all of the numbering came from, from my Camino trips, where um, the, the only Spanish that we regularly used, apart from that that was required to order wine was around uh, the meals so there'll be desayuno uno and desayuno dos desayuno tres, <laughs> tres. a lot Cuatro. of breakfast yes a, a lot of breakfasts involved on the camino um and and that's happening at home everybody i know uh just looks a little bit cuddlier on the uh on, on the video calls than than when when we went into lockdown three weeks i mean I, personally i've now got my own zip code uh, I am. Uh, I'm, I'm soon going to run out of clothes unless I stop eating. Um, well, I've I paused my um, fasting. I did 45 days, and I've now paused to uh, to recoup because I realised I was not that it wasn't working, but I was waiting until 12 and then eating too much at 12, and then being quite unhappy in the morning, not being able to have a nice coffee. So I've kind of reset there. I'm, well, and I'm actually eating better now off of it. And you're cutting out the first three meals of the day if you don't eat uh, in the morning. Yeah, exactly. During the numbered meal schedule, yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. But uh, but no, I'm I'm down to one of six things. or seven meals a day now, so I'm I'm fairly confident that we'll, we'll soon get back to normality. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Um, what about buying? Are you buying anything else? Oh, what am I buying? Uh well, mostly I'm buying medical care, um, which mm. is. Uh, we touched on this a few episodes back, but uh, the, the itemized bills um, are something that I'm 
looking forward to in a sort of masochistic sort of way. Um, and I, uh, Margaret went back into hospital today, which is what this is a precursor to. Um, and I seriously considered sending things in with her so, so that she wouldn't have to um, sort of purchase them from the hospital. You, you don't purchase them, but you ask for a tissue and you're billed for a box of them. You know, that, that type of thing. So, um, and then it occurred to me that it, it just didn't look right going in with six suitcases. So, um, yes, medical care. Um, I've, I've got a price. Uh, Margaret's having her operation. So um, the regular listeners will know uh, that she was scheduled to have an operation. It was all good to go, and then it wasn't. Uh, and she had a suspected throat infection. Uh, the coronavirus had just hit Cyprus. And so she was advised to get out of hospital quick. Um, she's been at home with me, uh, where we had uh, a really nice week of improvements, where she seemed to be getting a bit better, and we were getting her up on a little little walking thing, and she was doing little laps of the house, and it was all going very well, and then it went the other way. So she was uh, finding it increasingly painful to be alive. So she couldn't stand, she couldn't sit, she couldn't lie down. Um, which leaves very few options. Um, I suggested yeah. hanging from the doorframe. Uh, she hit me, uh, and we moved on from there. <laughs> um, so she's gone into hospital this morning. Uh, we've, <laughs> I've got ambulances on speed dial, like private ambulances. So uh, whizzed one up. Uh, she's been admitted. She's had all sorts of tests and everything today, and she's being operated on all being well tomorrow, which for people listening to the podcast, this all happened last week. Uh, so by the time that you, yeah, by the time that you hear this, I imagine she'll be either at home or imminently at home. That's that's where we would hope to be uh, when this is re- released. Uh, I will be delighted to have her back and crying at the sight of the bill. So it'll be a nice little mixed <laughs> yin yang thing. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, other than that, what have I been buying? Nothing really. I mean, supply lines for Nero's notes are quite constrained. So there are some people who are able to continue working and supplying and some people who aren't. Uh, and uh, we therefore have been a bit sort of reticent about, about ordering more stock. Nobody really knows what's happening with the world, etc., etc., etc. So uh, it's been quite quiet on the buying front and indeed on the selling front, I have to say. Um, and yeah, my usual sort of, I suppose, more digital things. I'm going through that, uh, ah, let me spend four and a half hours making myself more productive uh, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to pause my timer earlier that I was using to record uh, the time I was doing something. I was like, I yeah. wonder, could I make a, a shortcut to do this for me? Let me spend two hours researching how shortcuts work mm-hmm. so I can figure this out. Oh, you can't do it. Oh, yeah. I guess I'll just press the button. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, I've <laughs> the the time time tracking uh, type thing is uh, is one of yeah. mine. Yeah, there it is again. Look, apparently, I have now been meditating for two hours, twelve minutes, and forty two seconds. <laughs> that that's the killer for me. Every afternoon, um, I, I'm pretty good about about uh, measuring the time, tracking the time, until I say, "Oh, I'm just going to have a meditate." And then I wake up the next morning, 16 hours, 42 minutes. It's a killer. 
Never. That was like when I fasted for three months on the fasting app by accident. Mm. It was like, you've died. You've fasted so much, you're dead. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm tracking my time. Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I, I promised myself I'd give it a proper go. Um, as we have just discussed, afternoons are proving challenging. Um, I'm pretty good mm-hmm. in the morning. Uh, what else? A calendar apps. Um, you know, oh, well, I'm iOS only now, so I don't need this. I don't need that. No, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, which is, uh, it's a leisure activity, I suppose. And relatively speaking, it's not <laughs> that expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that'd be about it, I think. I don't think of anything else. No. So what about parish notices? Mm. Oh, congratulations, by the way. You're, you're married now, aren't you? <laughs> if this episode had gone out in the uh, light timeline rather than the darkest timeline where we currently find ourselves, then yes, by the time this episode aired, I would be wed. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, we're in the, the evil mustache universe where uh, all the bad things have happened. Uh, and so, no, I will not be getting married this week. Uh, we had thinly held exp- hopes would be strong you know it was it was a a dental floss thin lifeline of potential uh that we didn't really think was going to pan out and it hasn't panned out so no we won't be getting married this week and indeed we don't know when we can get married not only uh because everyone who was going to get married now has to rebook but also we don't know when it's sensible to rebook because you know we don't know whether the world's going to be in three months you don't know whether the world's going to be in six months it's very hard to make plans for big events with lots of people when big events with lots of people are indefinitely banned. So, yeah, mm. it's weird. It's a weird, that's why it's a weird week, okay? We, we've we been kind of living in the shadow of this thing that's happened. And, and by and large, like, we have it. We're fine, right? Like, it's annoying and it's frustrating and it's, you know, it's a little sad as it comes closer to the day because it's not what we planned. But by and large, we're fine. We're okay. It's it's just more hassle and frustration than actual pain and suffering. Um, and a lot of people have it far worse than we do. But it doesn't make it for a normal week. Like it, something feels off because uh, if everything had gone to plan uh, pre-coronavirus, I would have finished in work. Everything would be sorted and we'd be coming up to the wedding at the weekend. You know, I would probably be recording today with you. Mm-hmm. Talking about seeing you this weekend. Yep. Um, and that's, it's weird. It's weird not to be there, but what can you do, you know? Today is our 11-year uh, anniversary together. Yeah, congratulations. Um, so we're, we're going to sit down. We're going to have some nice dinner. We're going to open a bottle of uh, Malbec. I have no idea if it's good, but I'm told by the bottle that it is the, the most popular malbec in the uk by bottle seals or something like that okay so um all i know that is that is a malbec is a red wine that is all i know and it probably goes well with stick that's all yeah, i got but it's gonna be what we had it's gonna be big it's gonna be rich um there'll be a lot of fruit on the front it should be fine usually usually very approachable wine malbec so you'd be great okay well that's that's what we're having with enchiladas tonight whether that be a good pairing or not uh, it's what we got so, yeah, it's a weird week, but um, we're starting to resolve all the, the, the pain points around the wedding stuff. So there's a lot of things to be cancelled and changed and moved and just fuss, you know. Um, mm. But again, 
for all the complaining I could do, there's people who are far worse off uh, in far more trying and, and saddening circumstances. So I don't want to make light of that by by moaning about what is ultimately just a bit of hassle. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Still, I uh, what was my? I think I was flying tomorrow. Actually, yeah, we were going to be flying tomorrow yeah. into. Uh, we were going into London and then from London to Belfast and then uh, hiring a car there. And it was all going to be. It was all very exciting. Yeah, and uh, well, then we weren't. But I dare well, you say you wouldn't be anyway. Well, uh, very true. Um, uh, I suppose. Again, one of those weird and wacky silver linings is that um, yeah, the corona uh, means that nobody else is going to your wedding, whereas as, as things stood, Margaret's back meant that we wouldn't have been going to your wedding had you been going ahead. So, um, yeah. it, in many linings. ways, that's, that's coloured my experience of, uh, of lockdown um, because everybody is talking about, you know, all this time you've got to fill. Uh, I, I've been rushed off my feet. I've not had a moment <laughs> spare. And people are saying to me, well, you know, I mean, these things, all those things that you said you didn't have time to do, you could do them now. I think you know, you've never looked when? after someone, have you? Because <laughs> um, blimey, that's an eye opener. Uh, if mm-hmm. uh, I appreciate at the moment, anybody that works in, uh, in medicine is, is probably, you know, getting the recognition that they deserve. Uh, but I have more reason than most to uh, to see why they deserve. Good yeah, Lord, it's exhausting looking after someone. <laughs> Heavens, um, and you know, particularly when the care that you're giving is, I suppose, uh, uh, palliative the the right word. Um, at no point was anything I I was doing going to cure anything. All I was doing yeah. was was uh, you know the nuts and bolts of daily life and in a holding pattern type thing. Um, and yeah, I heard a great quote on the on the TV the other day where one of the the bin men was was saying you know yeah I'm all for the NHS. I think they're brilliant. They're doing a great job. But you know, don't forget for us, it's like every week. It's like Christmas week. At the moment, can't believe it. Um, because every, every house that they go past has got four times the amount of rubbish they would normally have. Yeah, because everyone's home and doing things. And oh, well, everybody's craft at home and- eating six meals a day <laughs> for seven days a week. <laughs> you know. Yep. It's, it, I suppose it's right. And um, just having to do that, so cooking from scratch, trying to be very healthy because obviously Margaret's not very well. I don't want to poison her as well. Um, and and she's um, a recovering diabetic. Can you be a recovering diabetic? She's a controlled diabetic, so she reversed her diabetes. But the the way to uh, to <laughs> screw that up would be to give her lots of stuff like beans on toast, which you know, is very much in my wheelhouse when it comes to uh, to cookery. So... Um, trying to cook very low carb meals or fresh veg and all that, doing the shopping and having to get the permission for the police to go and do my shopping. I said, oh, I'm exhausted. And, and, <laughs> and where are you going, sir? I'm going to the dry cleaner. Why are you going to the dry cleaner? Is that essential? Well, it is for I have sheets on my bed, yes. Well, can't you wash your own sheets? Yes, I can. But get out of the way. Um, so it's given me a new a new insight into uh, the joys of running a house, 
uh, with a, a tiny bit of bad nursing thrown in and a little bit of work on the side. <laughs> it's turned me into a the yeah. blubbering wreck. Just, oh, oh it's, it's all too much for me, TJ. Uh, anyway, that's it. Look at that. By our own very low standards, 40 minutes for the intro. That's pretty respectable. It's not bad. So now we do the uh, three-pin plug. Uh, I'll, I'll hit you with, with the stew double pin, which is uh, stuartlennon.com is where you can find my writing. Uh, go along, have a look, um, read what I'm writing. And if you really want to, subscribe. You can subscribe to uh, to follow the blog, as it were, and you'll get all the, uh, I was going to say episodes, that's the wrong word, articles. Um, or you can become a member, uh, which involves sending me huge sums of money. Uh, to become an annual member for which you get all sorts of wonderful perks. Uh, my alter ego is uh, Stu at Nero's Notes, uh, nerosnotes.co.uk, being the the world's, I'm going to say, the world's premier notebook shop. It might be the world's only I'm notebook good, yeah. shop. I'm on board with that. Um, but if you like notebooks, you're going to like some of the stuff we've got. Uh, little notebooks, big notebooks, notebooks from all around the world. Uh, still open. He said, touching wood firmly uh, through the lockdown. And we will continue to, as long as we can do so safely. So swing by there and have a look. What about you, TJ? Where can people find you? Instagram, at team underscore Cosgrove is me. Uh, At Wood and Graphite is uh, hibernating, possibly forever, but we'll never know. Uh, You can also watch my videos at Wood and Graphite on YouTube if you want to reminisce when I was still making videos. There's over 150, I think, up there. Um, I realized how many videos I actually made. There's quite a lot of stuff. I know a lot of people do a lot more, but juggling all the things I juggled and making content, that was still a lot of videos. So Mm. if you want to go watch some stuff about pencils and paper and notebooks and other analog ephemera, then you can have a little look at my videos on YouTube at, not at, just YouTube, Wood and Graphite. Um, or indeed come and follow my Instagram and see pictures of plants and coffee and other hipster-esque things. Splendid. And the, the earth plug, the final nail in the plug-in, um, that's an interesting idea, isn't it? The nail in the plug-in. I'm sure that wouldn't work well. I anyway. think that's dangerous. <laughs> Quite. Uh, 1857.co.uk is the site where you can find all of the previous episodes of this podcast, uh, TJ's superb show notes, uh, and a little button with a dollar sign on it. Uh, if you hit the little button, I, I guess you can work it out from there. Um, there is a cost to producing this. Uh, TJ and I do it out of love, and um, we cover the costs ourselves where we can. Um, but obviously, if you feel like throwing us a couple of bucks, we'd greatly appreciate that. I think it costs uh, TJ fifteen dollars is it a month or something? Like yeah. That to, so four to episodes, host fifteen this. bucks, three fifty an app. It just just throws a hundred bucks, and we'll keep going forever. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, indefinite lockdown of content. <laughs> there we go. Um, and there's even rumours at the end of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, off air there will be discussions about additional episodes, lockdown episodes. <gasps> Steinbecks, no less. Steinbecks. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you if you can throw us a couple of dollars, that's great. If not, then just uh, find a like-minded friend, and uh, obviously you can't see them, but message them or zoom them or do whatever it is you do in these lockdown times, uh, and send them our way. They're, tell them to listen to an episode or two; they might like us, and we would grow our audience, which is very exciting. 
Right. What are we talking about tonight, DJ? Games. Again. A games, if you will. More games. Again. More games. Games 2. The Revenge of Games. Uh, the Games Fight Back. Whatever sequel pun you want to make. This is an extension of the previous episode where we talked about video... Well, I talked about video games excitedly for 27 minutes. Uh, and you said a few things at the start. And then I mm-hmm. talked over you. Um, this episode... I have a whole list of games that I have here. I don't think I'm going to go into detail on each one because I don't think that's terribly interesting. Well, um, first of all, I've got to update you on, on my gameplay. Um, okay, please I, do. Please do. I've been studiously playing. Uh, okay. So, Stu- uh, yes, studiously. I like it. Um, <laughs> the Mario Kart Tour. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm doing terribly well. I, I don't think I'm doing it properly, TJ, to be honest. Um <laughs> Is that they keep giving me lots of prizes and I keep ignoring them. Um, and I keep taking the same little driver and the same little car um, and just trying to win on all the courses. <laughs> now, I've got a feeling that I'm supposed to go to the pipe and get myself all sorts of zoomy things. And um, I, I'll, I'll do that next. But Little Toad has got to win everything first. This is, this is my view. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. so um, and he's got, he's got an interesting head, um, sort of mushroom. For a head, I, I think it's great. I, I like a little mushroom. Uh, so that's that's a daily thing, and that's nice. That that game greets me when I log in. Um, it welcomes me back and gives me a bonus for turning up. Oh, that's very generous. welcomes you. Logs your IP, takes a photo of you for facial scanning. Almost just... certainly, yep. Um, and <laughs> at the moment, it's thinking, "Good lord, there is a mountain man who's discovered Mario Kart's because of the, the lockdown beard." Uh, we'll be dragging on the floor soon. Um, <laughs> so that's that. The other one is uh, Sunless Sea. You you sort of casually yeah. mentioned it and talked about it, and uh, that was it. That was a difficult experience. Sunless Sea. Okay. Um, uh, I like the concept of the controls, which are you tap at the front and it goes a bit faster. You tap at the back and it slows yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Now, the tapping at the back, slowing down thing, doesn't really work for me um it does from time to time generally not when i want it to so there's quite a lot of steaming full pelt into (laughs) islands going on (laughs) that's Um, how the pirates do it mm, yeah it's uh i've I've learned that this is not good for your hull um uh, so so we've we've had a, a couple of mishaps where i've been learning the ropes generally by strangling myself with them um but i now have uh, a little bit of a knack uh my captain is uh he's the i think he's probably the third or fourth generation um and he's he's got an officer now well i've, I've got an officer i've got um i've got lots of different guns that i've purchased for my ship i've discovered lots of places uh uh yeah met interesting people and killed them uh used to be the british army's <laughs> Uh, uh, sort of motto: travel the world, meet interesting people, and kill them. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there, there seems to be a sort of technique to it, which is get yourself a little mission and uh, get yourself equipped, um, cause a bit of mayhem and havoc on your way, do your thingy, then turn around and go back and restock and uh, lick your wounds and just get yourself sorted at the home port and, and go out and do it again. That seems to be what's working for me. Um, so I have to say, I'm quite enjoying that. But as I feared, uh, 40 minutes can go in a heartbeat. Mm, 
Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the patient's crying out for medication. Yes, I'll be there in a minute. I'm oh, sealing can... my ship, yes, darling. I'll... We can get you a new <laughs> leg. I'm in the middle of a battle. Stop it. Um, uh, so, yeah, I've been enjoying that. And uh, yeah, what was the other one? Monument, wasn't it? Um, Monument 2. Monument Valley, yeah, Monument something. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, still very lovely. Um, sort of nice way to spend five, ten meditative minutes. So there you go. That's my games update. I, I have been playing. Good. I will soon be an admiral of, of, of uh, what's it called? Lost London or whatever it is in Somerset. <laughs> so, pray continue. So the- You've got a list of about 37 games here. I have a list on three different platforms of games, and I'll run through them quickly and give you a little bit on each one, uh, just for those who might be interested in picking them up. But what I discovered in writing this list is that I obviously favor a very specific type of game, or I favor a a specific gameplay type in games, and that is the sort of um, open world possibilities. I don't like being pigeonholed. I don't like being told exactly how to do a thing or where to go or what to do. Uh, linear game, game playing games is really disheartening i don't enjoy it um, there's a lot of games that i've played before that are extremely linear there's a story you're on the reels you're being told this story and you are there to press the buttons at the right time to make those things happen and there's a lot of games that can be very fun that way but generally speaking i don't get an awful lot of time for games so if i'm playing them i want to do it my way and what i want so a lot of the games here have an element of uh, open-endedness and choice that I really like. I really enjoy being able to decide what I'm going to do and when, or if something takes my fancy to to run off and do that rather than being penalized because I'm not following the rules. Um, so on the PS4, I have uh, five games here. Uh, the Witcher 3, which is the uh, the game inspired by the book that inspired the Netflix show. So it's a pretty typical RPG sort of third-person game. It's good fun. Uh, you play Geralt, the white-haired Henry Cavill man. Uh, you run around slashing things with the sword to turn them into slightly smaller things. It's generally very fun. There's a lot of opportunity to pick where you do things and what you do. Um, you can go almost anywhere, I think. You can basically just decide up stakes, take your horse and ride wherever you want. Um, the game will judiciously murder you for going in the wrong place by throwing enemies that are far too difficult at you. But if you want to keep going there, you can. It's it's not blocked off by the uh, the big evil invisible wall that some developers like to use. So that's that's pretty fun. I've played a good chunk of that, although it's a game, I think the minimum play time for it is something like 40 or 50 hours. Oh, wow. So it's one that I will never finish. I'll just play a lot of and enjoy. Um, but it's just, it's, if I want to play something medieval-y with swords, that's the one. Um, another game that I have is called Horizon Zero Dawn which is a really beautiful game, really, really different playstyle, a really, really different setting. The playstyle is, is largely similar to The Witcher. It's a third-person uh, sort of leveling-up RPG kind of game. It's set, I think, in the future, uh, and there are robot dinosaurs. I'll not say too much more, but that's kind of the gist of it. It's very, very cool. There's a lot of, like, bows and arrows and climbing and uh, swinging from things and, and sort of uh, parkour-type elements, which are really good fun. Uh, the game itself is very, very pretty. It looks really nice. Um, yeah, it's just a really interesting story. Uh, but there's a lot of scope then to do what you want within that. Are uh, you sensing a theme here? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
The next two are both by the same developer, and that's GTA 5, Grand Theft Auto 5, and Red Dead Redemption 2, both of which are essentially the same game set in two different time periods. So Grand Theft Auto 5 is set in sort of uh, faux Los Angeles, and Red Dead Redemption 2 is set sort of on the, the western frontier in early 1800s or mid-1800s. Um, and they're, they're the same engine, the same developer, the same uh, everything. So it's basically the same kind of thing in a different place. And that's run around, shoot people, steal things. That's by and large the remit for both of those games. You're just doing it in two different time periods. Um, those games are relatively linear in that they have a main storyline and lots of side quests. Uh, the main storyline is a story. You jump on the rails, you're taken to the end of it. But you can do whatever you want beyond that, which gives you sort of opportunity for noodling around and trying stuff. Um, so if you just want to steal cars and throw them off a bridge, you, you by all means have at it. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 is just a, a wonderfully beautiful game as well. There's a lot of um, like rugged countryside and you can take your horse and ride off into the distance and um, very realistic physics simulations as well, which is really nice. I really enjoy something that has good realistic simulation of of real world it's something quite immersive about that when you're playing you you can walk down the central street with your strut kind of thing and then pull out your gun and challenge someone to a duel so it's it's very evocative of playing you know cowboy games and things like that it gives you this sense of place which is quite pleasant um do any of those games sound like something you would play Uh, i i I mean i Grand Theft Auto, I remember coming out. Essentially, you just steal cars and then get yourself into all sorts. I think I remember the outcry. Didn't it cause all sorts of controversy? Because Yeah, the first one was top-down. So it was like a little man that ran around and you were looking down from space on him and he just ran around and you pressed X and a little bullet just came out and hit people. Uh-huh. Um, I remember playing this game at an age that was not appropriate to be playing this game, but it was great. Um and yet, a lot of controversy around Grand Theft Auto because it is effectively just violence on screen. Um, uh-huh. But, I mean, so are movies, so are so many things. There's a there's an element of catharsis in, in video games that I very much enjoy. Um, I am not a violent or angry person. Um, I would never think to be angry or violent towards another human being. But sometimes, sometimes when you have people in shops or people in different places that you don't really get on your goat, you don't ever want to cause them harm. But going into a video game and, and causing some havoc is a nice way of kind of releasing the, the steam on like, ah, yes, I've, I've driven my car through three fences in a house and I feel better for it now. And alive as we speak, I'm being mugged by a Cypress poodle who's <laughs> literally jumping up. <laughs> What's the matter with you, you mad little dog? We're turning into a video game. <laughs> She's anxious Stick to the play. She's an- <laughs> yes, absolutely. Podcast star, Spice. Say something. Speak to me. Uh, she's more of a visual artist. YouTube, perhaps. <laughs> uh, and this is all on the PS4, because um, what was I listening to the other day? Oh, the um, uh, Accidental Tech mm-hmm. uh, pod- podcast. Uh, Marco Arment and his, his wife, Tiff, are... Yeah hugely into retro gaming at the moment so they're digging out Mm -hmm. consoles that i would recognize uh and making them work Uh, and it was it was fascinating to hear some of the the tech stuff behind it where you know there's cartridge games um that you probably don't remember but they used to come on cartridges tj and you sort of jam cartridges (laughs) (laughs) used to jam them into the machine and you know these 
full color sort of adventure games were sort of 128 kilobytes. Oh yeah, nothing. It's basically <laughs> just, just 12 lines of text and, and some goodwill thrown in. Yeah, astonishing. Um, and yeah, the uh, I, again on the news, what was it, a podcast? I can't remember. If you want to try and get anything made by Nintendo at the moment, um, it's an absolute nightmare uh, because clearly there's a sort of pent-up demand of, of lockdown. If we go, oh, I need a, I need a console. So you know, even if I were to say, oh, I want to get into one of these things, it would probably take me about six months to get a console. Now. Um, <laughs> mad dog. Yeah, they all saying they all saying. Uh, yeah, I'm under no illusions. The people that design these things are really, really clever. And mm-hmm. the, you know they they present you with a game that a looks really really interesting and b makes you feel good. It does something that makes you keep going back. Yeah. So I'm sure I'd enjoy them all. I'm I, like I said, I'm sort of determined at the moment. I'm I, well, once we finish speaking, I will be trying to binge watch something on Netflix while conquering the world in Sunless Sea. <laughs> um, and as I've got two iPads, there's no reason I can't be playing Mario Kart with the other hand. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Think big. And your phone. Oh, yeah, of course. There is always that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the... And there's also Outer Worlds, which is another kind of similar principle. It's a third or first person game. You run around, you solve missions. They're all, broadly speaking, the same kind of dynamic with different settings, different stories. And so I can dive in and out of you know cowboy, sci-fi, uh, medieval, whatever I fancy. I can sort of dip my toe in a different area, different storyline and enjoy it. Um, those games are all, you know, sort of PS4 based. I do play an awful lot on the PC as well. Um, and my favorite game of all time, sort of the top tier game, I think is really, really good. A lot of replayability is called RimWorld. And it's uh, it's quite old now. I think it was maybe out five or six years ago it first came out. Um, and it's a top down colony simulation game. A little bit like Dwarf Fortress, if you ever played that. And so the the remit is you get sort of dropped on this rim world, a planet on the edge, the rim of a system, uh, with some sort of smattering of resources. And you have to build a base and you have to survive and trade and recruit people and do whatever you want. So it's basically a, a system for modeling uh, a colony. And then you're then put in control of that. And it's a really fascinating way of, of telling stories. The whole background of this is that they have ai storytellers that they've built that will give you a different experience randomized based on sort of pre-selected options so you can select something that is very random you can select something that is sort of uh rising challenge so it'll keep giving you harder and harder things you can have one that you know keeps it like a relative baseline of difficulty uh, and that will simulate weather conditions it will simulate um rival parties you know from different places coming to attack or coming to trade or coming to whatever uh, and this kind of quasi-random simulation, it makes for a really interesting, really compelling game where you can get really drawn into the stories and the the background and the the sort of the journey of the, the little characters that you're playing with. Um, and I just find it such a fascinating game. It's one of those games that has no real issue with giving you full access to almost everything. So, you know, you have to cut down plants or uh, you know you keep animals and you can slaughter them to get meat and things like that and then you can make your food and you can store your food into free like all this think of every process in a thing it's simulated in some way Mm -hmm. and you're going okay that's quite complicated 
Um, and there's a lot of the areas there to go wrong. So you might not have enough. If you don't grow enough food in the wintertime or in the summertime in the spring, you won't have enough food for the wintertime. And so you run out of food. So you have to trade for it or you have to fight for it or something. Or, you know, you could always just, you know, knock off a few of the, the lesser, you know, performing colonists and mm-hmm. you know, stick them in the food. Because, you know, cannibalism, yeah, not a problem in the game. So there's this weird, like, it's given you the rule book and said, yeah, you can kind of do anything. And you go, oh. Well, what if I try? Oh, I can do that. Okay. And what if I? Oh, right. Okay. So it's a really interesting. It's a simulation game more than anything else, and I really, really like things like that because it lets me play out random scenarios. Like I can go, oh, I wonder if I try it like this, what would happen? And you play the game, and you think, ah, oh, brilliant. So it's one that I've played an awful lot of. I think if I check my Steam library, let me see. It's on the computer here. This is shameful, but. I'll see how many hours have sunk into this game because uh, it's more than a few. <laughs> um, let me see. It's a number so big he can barely read it. <laughs> it's it's not... Uh... Oh, God. <laughs> okay. How many hours do you think I've played of it as a guess? Oh, I have no idea. You've had this for a long time, have you? I've had it for, say, three or four years. Oh, right. Okay. So uh, let, let's call that 40 months. You'd have had some months we didn't play at all. And then others where you put in a few hours a week. So we're going to say 90 hours. 416 minutes. Hours. Hey, uh, that's, that's the Northern Irish for how many, hours. <laughs> how many days is 416 hours? Oh dear, that's 17.333 days apparently. <laughs> okay. Oh my. So that's... when I was talking to you about games potentially being a time sink, this may have been what I had in mind. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Yeah. So yeah, RimWorld, fantastic game. I've played a lot of it, as you can see. Um, Cortex Command, another game where it's like a sort of pixel art. You're fighting little enemies. You're, you've Basically, you've got a brain in a jar that controls lots of different units over a map and you move mm-hmm. them around to defend the brain. It's very, very fun, very interactive. Um, okay. That one I've played 155 hours of, uh, but I last played it in August last year, so I haven't played it recently. Uh, but it's a really interesting game, a lot of mods for it as well. But again, something where you can go, I wonder if I do it like this, how would that run? Um, another game I really enjoy is called Space Engineers, which is kind of what it sounds like. It's a game... Oh, God, I didn't realize I played it that long. <laughs> Space Engineers <laughs> is a... It's another sort of third-person, first-person. You run around as a, a space-suited person in space or on planets, uh, and then you go to space, and you build spaceships and space stations and all kinds of machinery. It gives you lots of tools and then lets you do whatever you want with those tools, which is really, really exciting to me. I like being given choice. Um, so that's a game that I've played an awful lot of as well. Uh, last played January 4th. Uh, I've currently put in 515 hours into that game. Blimey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my latest game is called No Man's Sky, which is similar to Space Engineers. It's kind of like a spacey, you're a astronaut-ish kind of person. You're playing things, you run around, you get spaceships, you can build bases, all that jazz. Um, I've got it last week i think 
and I, I did accidentally leave it on overnight so about six or seven of these hours are not real but I've played 32 hours of that so far okay well that sounds quite reasonable I'm sure you'll get that up to 7,000 by next week <laughs> so but yeah the joys I'm of playing off a lot of games yeah and these are rookie numbers like if you speak to my brothers you speak to other people who, who play games an awful lot these are rookie numbers like people have played significantly more than that mm. um but it adds up, as you say. You know, you kind of you're just playing for an, uh, you know an hour here, two hours there. Uh, oh, stick this on in the afternoon, and all of a sudden, you've you've racked up hours and hours and hours and hours. Sure. And it's good. Like I, I don't I don't begrudge this time. I, I'm slightly shocked to know that it's that amount, but I don't begrudge it because I've enjoyed them. And normally, I'll play video games as a like a stress release time away from work stuff. So I've been working hard on something, and I want to just let my brain figure out something else and play with something interactive and enjoyable, it'll be a video game. I'll go and do that. And then I can sink you know, two or three hours at a time. And then I'll go off and do other things. So it's not like I'm spending my weekends huddled up. Well, I am at the minute, but normally <laughs> I wouldn't be spending my weekends sat in playing computer games. It would be maybe an hour or two in an evening some night when we're not podcasting or not doing other things. Or maybe a Sunday morning if I've got a little bit of time. So I do fit it in around other things. For sure. But yeah, I, I, that's there's quite a few games that I play and I juggle maybe two or three at a time that I'm actually actively enjoying and actively playing. And then Meg has the Switch. She would play that an, all, an awful lot, the Nintendo Switch. Um, so we would play Overcooked, which is a really fun little cooking game where you kind of, you have different things to get done to make a recipe. So you've got to like chop onions and slice tomatoes and mix this and cook that. And so you're running all over. You've got little characters and it's a two-player game, so you're running over to chop this while they're running over to sort this, and then you got to run past each other along the narrow corridor to put them in the bowl, to put them in the oven, to put them on the plates. And it's kind of a, a mad, haptic, running around, uh, sorting out ingredients game, but it's good fun to play. We've played it with you know three or four people on the Switch, and it's really, really good fun. Um, and then Meg loves Stargy Valley, which was mentioned last time, which is mm-hmm. a little... I've never played it. It's a little farm. You run around and you... You, you farm, I suppose. I, I've never, I, I, I'm guessing. I had a look at it. Um, so I thought, oh, Stargy Valley. Uh, Lisa in the in Slack mentioned it. Mm, uh, yeah. Another person who doesn't live in Bristol. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Unless uh, otherwise specified, everyone in Slack lives in Bristol. That is the, that's it. the assumption, the that's, default that's, assumption. That's the basic sort of way it all works, <laughs> I thought. That's, I thought that's how Slack worked, to be honest. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I found Stargy Valley, the, the app, and thought, okay, right, okay. And then did a, a, a DuckDuckGo search on it, which always comes up with interesting ideas. And there, there was this article that went into, I mean, several pages of um, the only way that you can win at Stargy Valley. And I read it. Sort of it's not growing. <laughs> yeah, growing incredulity about you've got to, you've got to, it's pairs. You've got to get pairs and then artisan. I mean, if you don't go artisan, you're just wasting your time. And I just thought, I've got no idea what you're talking about. And I, I honestly don't want to meet you socially. Um, and so that was the end of my interest in that game. That just scared me to death. Um, I do like the, uh, the sound of, um, overcooked. That sounds my sort of, sort of thing. What about, it's, um, it's really good. What about, have you heard about this, um, this stuff that is the precursor to video games? We used to play games on, um, well, yeah, on tabletops. 
Mm. I mean, I, I, obviously D and D. Does that have of. a controller support? <laughs> well, yeah, 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 a beer always helped. <laughs> I think. Um, uh, when I was in Cyprus the last time, which is a very mysterious thing to say, uh, I came to Cyprus to live. Uh, my parents were living here. Oh, sorry, my mum was living here. In 2001, I spent oh, a couple of years living in Cyprus. And I used to work in Nicosia, which is the capital. Um, and during the summer, Nicosia is hot. I mean, 45 degrees, which in Fahrenheit oh. is a lot. Many. Um, and because of that, the working day starts quite early and one o'clock you go for lunch and then you go back to work at five so you have a big siesta uh, which is not ideal if you live a long way from the office and you know I, I lived about an hour away from the office so um i couldn't really go home for for the siesta uh and i had a colleague um who was in a similar situation there's my dog barking at the door looking for attention again Spice. Um, <laughs> the birds so we, and, and spice have been a good guest this episode. <laughs> absolutely, we used to um, we used to go to a cafe uh, in in Nicosia, and we'd have our lunch, uh, and then we would sit there for maybe two three hours playing tavli, which is the uh, it's the Cypriot name for backgammon, uh, and the Cypriots play it on old wooden sets that make this this wonderful noise when the dice roll and hit the edge of the wood, and the counters are. I suppose they used to be bone and ivory and stuff. They're not anymore. They're sort of you know, some form of plastic. Uh, but they make a very sort of solid sound. And it, it's a very... You hear two Cypriots playing playing Tavli, you can hear it for miles. There's sort of clack, clack, clack going on. <laughs> um, and backgammon, if, if you haven't played backgammon, it's essentially it's a game of chance, but it's a game of chance that you can influence. And so... There's a degree of um, sort of automatic movement. So if at the start of a game you throw a six and a one, that there's there's something you're going to do every time if you know what you're doing. Or you can be incredibly rebellious and do something completely different. That's, it's a bit like, I suppose, poker. You can win poker all, all ways. Um, but if you play the odds, then you're most likely to, to win more often if you, if you play, play the odds plays, if you like. Um, and we used to do that for hours and it becomes automatic uh, so I knew his style of play he knew my style of play so when he threw his, <laughs> his dice I, I could tell him what he was going to do I knew, knew and he could do the same for me and it becomes something that you're doing while you're conversing it, it's the only thing I've ever known that I can actually mail to, uh, multitask um, <laughs> and I, I do miss that because you, you need you need a, a willing compatriot Yes. Can you hear my dog whining? What what is the matter with you, Spike? Sorry, I walked away from the microphone, opened the door, and the dog just looked at me as if to say, No, I want you to come out. I don't want to come in. I want you to come out. <laughs> I want someone to play with me. Duh. Yeah, she's she's just sitting sitting there looking at me through the mosquito net, going, Well, there's no good in there, is it? Oh dear. Dogs. Wonderful. Endless. So yeah, you do need someone who's willing to play and, and has the same passion for the game. So, you know, sometimes I'd play with Margaret and she'll play it a couple of times and go, Yeah, yeah, done with that now. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go and do the ironing or something. And it's just oh, it's not the same. 
Um, and I've got chess. I'm an only child. And uh, one of the cruelest things that I think my parents ever did to me was that when I was at school, I, uh, I was at boarding school, and I came home and professed, oh, you know, I, I quite, quite like chess. Uh, I was streetwise enough not to join the chess club. But I expressed an interest in chess, and they got this beautiful set. I still have it today. Um, and it's onyx, so sort of oh, white, wow. white and green stone um, board and pieces. And they're sort of roughly hewn pieces. I love it. It's a lovely thing. I'll take a photo. Uh, and put it on my Instagram. Um, and then I'd, I'd sit there with my mum and my dad go, okay, well, somebody play. Both look at me and go, I don't know how to. Sorry? I don't know how to play chess. Oh, I'll teach you. No, no, I can't be ready. No, that's no, okay. I'm an only child. What am I supposed to do with this bloody thing? And now I say tomorrow, you want a game of chess? And she looks at me and goes, tomorrow. <laughs> so it's a sort of a very expensive dust collector. Right? It's one of my, my great frustrations. Is I don't have a chess. Perhaps I'm going to put that in my, in my diary. Obviously not during lockdown, but after lockdown, I'm going to find somebody to play chess with. Well, what we could do is I, I've always wanted to play more chess. So maybe I get a cheap chess set and then we can do a, a distance chess game. Oh, Oh yeah, okay. Uh, no, yeah, uh, not knights pawn to bishop two and all that sort of jazz, isn't it? We we'll have to learn how to do. <laughs> have that you ever properly. seen the thing? Uh, doesn't ring any bells. John Carpenter, nineteen eighty-two. There's a scene where, um, what do you call him? He was in uh, Escape from New York and all. Snake Plissken. What's his real name? Kirk. Kurt Douglas. No, Kirk. Him. Kurt Russell. He's in it. Kurt Russell. And he plays uh, chess against a computer because they're stuck in this Arctic, uh, Antarctic research base. And so it's him, because no one else in the base will play chess with him. So it's him playing chess with the this 1980s behemoth of a computer. Mm-hmm. And it keeps beating him, keeps beating him. And there's a scene where he just takes his whiskey, upends it through the, uh, <laughs> the little vent on the top of the computer and puts his glass down and goes, checkmate, and walks away. <laughs> there you go. You could do that. Well, I'm not doing that to my iPad. Um, but yeah, we could perhaps have um, the slowest game of chess in history. We could just have one move each per podcast. Yeah, trans- transcontinental. Oh, that would be a brilliant, actually. Transcontinental and then, and then, chess. And then reported. So um, <laughs> assuming that there's a couple of hundred moves, you could have all, all across the world, you could have people with their chess board set up saying, this is the 1857. <laughs> I'm following match. along. That began in just fifty-two thrilling more weekly installments. <laughs> it began seven months ago, and so far, TJ's lost a pawn, and Stuart sacrificed a bishop. <laughs> I, yeah, let me see if I can get a chess set. That sounds exciting. Well, you, you don't even need a chess set, mate. You just draw one out. That's that's. I know, but I want to. I want to. I want to participate. Like I want to. Oh, I, I know draw you want to go and see. I can play it on my. Well, you, you could do it online. You could do, you could do electronic version. It'd be beyond my capabilities, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's easy enough to do. I'm sure we could, there's, there's probably an app. There are people listening to this podcast oh, yeah. going, "Oh, why don't you just get Chess King Seven Point Two for <laughs> iOS?" Um, so I'll look that up after. Um, and you wrote one down as well. Go. I've always been sort of vaguely fascinated by Go without ever really understanding. Yeah, it looks it. amazing. 
I, I have no idea. I know it's it's like backgammon, but much much harder. Or there's flipping tiles, or yeah, it's, I don't it's really understand it at all. But it looks fascinating. Mm, maybe we should learn one of the few go. games that it's very very difficult for computers to win at. You can teach computers to be very good at chess. We could do that you know, 20, 30 years ago, but it's very hard to teach computers to be good at go. Mm, I'm sure there's a reason for that. I, I'm not going to explain. I don't know. It, it looks but there is my head. <laughs> <laughs> what what I did write down that I do remember. Um, I don't remember much about living in Central Europe because there was quite a lot of drinking going on. I'll, I'll be honest about that. But in between drinking, I do remember playing a game on the PC uh, when I was supposed to be working, obviously. And it was um, it was some sort of historical reenactment. You could fight um, Wellington's battles. Uh, either as Wellington or as his opponent. So you could fight Waterloo, for example, which, um, a slight historical aside, uh, if you gave a computer the, the scenario at Waterloo, then 99 times out of 100 France wins. Um, <laughs> there you go. Honestly, it's true. Um, I think Wellington, Couldn't escape if I wanted to. Uh, Wellington at the end said, said at the very end, um, steady, um, said a damn fine thing. <laughs> Uh, I, what do they say on, on um, the te- uh, yes reference acknowledged <laughs> um, so yeah I might have a little look for that and see if there's any of that sort of thing on iPad because I do have a little bit of a thing about um, sort of historical battles so I guess fighting Gettysburg and stuff like that might be quite good fun that's the sort of place where I could end up in a in a TJ Rimworld scenario where <laughs> 700 hours and counting <laughs> yeah, 700 hours and i've not even left the iberian peninsula yet um, <laughs> have you ever heard of uh, is it rome total war there's a lot of mods for that where you can get different scenarios and different setups yeah i've I, again i've got some vague memories of of in the oh but when would this be this probably in the 90s at some point playing there, there would have been games on pcs that took you know yeah you, four discs to load it on and yeah, I'm going to move my cavalry brigade. Excellent. Go and make some tea. <laughs> we will affect that movement for you in 15 minutes. Loading. Yeah. Loading. Your Lotus spreadsheet will not respond for any of these 15 minutes. Um, multitasking. Never heard of it. Mm, yeah, that's got me thinking. I'm gonna, yes, little historical stuff. When I'm watching TV with one eye, sailing the, the sunless sea with the other, Mario Kart. Perhaps with my feet, I'll be able to find some sort of Waterloo reenactment or historical battles reenactment <laughs> thing. Mm. Games, games. What have you done to me, Cosgrove? Oh, God. God, I'm supposed to be writing a novel, for God's sake. Anyway. Not a novel about games. Sort there of. There you go. There you go. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> Another sound effect for the podcast. It's a banger just went off outside the house. Uh, oh. For reasons best known to themselves, uh, and I'm sure somebody will know this, and I'm sure I could find out if I could be bothered, the Greeks, uh, the Greek Cypriots, uh, set off bangers at Easter. And as my Greek teacher uh, memorably said to me, yes, at Easter we blow up churches and schools. Which uh, I thought was a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> children are our future, after all. Um, 
but yes, even in lockdown, there's a there's a recalcitrant teenager that lives up the road, and I suspect he's behind these bangs. <sighs> <sighs> Get off my lawn! There you go. And on that note, um, I have to say once again, TJ is recording on his uh, wedding anniversary. So happy wedding anniversary meeting is it meeting anniversary getting together anniversary it's it's dating anniversary yeah so dating anniversary dating god when i was your age i had no idea what that was so uh, happy happy (laughs) dating anniversary meg uh there's still time you can run and uh and tj (laughs) and recording recording on the day and we're letting you finish nice and early so you can go off and cook some dinner drink some malbec lovely I'm going to go upstairs and, well, Spice and I'll watch some TV or look up some games or something. Anyway, I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was 1857.